I watched Wildcats again this week. Wild it's been years. Cats. Been years. Football. Football. <laughs> it, it, it popped up on like Showtime or HBO. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. So I, I, saw I was it like, oh, you know what? I haven't seen that. I don't think I've seen it since high school. I, I'll go ahead and record it. I kind of did it because back when I said that Major League is the best sports right. movie of all time on Twitter, I can't remember which shock monkey hit me up, but they're like, what about Wildcats? I'm like, you know what? I forgot about Wildcats. And now after seeing Wildcats, uh, Major League is the best sports movie <laughs> of all time. Wildcats is not bad. But it's the sport of kings. Better than Diamond Rings. <laughs> right. And LL Cool J makes an appearance in this yep. movie. I didn't realize that. He's pretty young in it, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's, in, he's in the... Wesley Snipes is in there. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of people's yeah. first movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's Woody a good, Harrelson. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, but I still like Major League better. Yeah. As far as it's a better constructed movie, there, there, there is a little bit of not quite sure what we're doing script wise in in Wildcats. It's it's sure. a little more muddled. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna say a muddled mess, but it is a bit messy. Right. But it is entertaining. God, I and definitely a product of its time. I'm trying to think. The last time I saw, it. I, I think I was in high school. Last time I saw that movie, maybe maybe just out of high school. Kirsten, it's been a long time. Kirsten, what? Uh, get my father on the phone. I want to tell him what I think about Chatham. Welcome, folks, <laughs> to Geek Shock number 546. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Chatham. <laughs> We're here to talk week and geek. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good. Surviving somehow. Yeah. Week to week, baby. Week I to week. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense, but there you go. And yep. I want to thank the Shock Monkeys who reached out to me this week that uh, made me feel real good. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So, uh, gentlemen... What geeky things you do this week? Few things, actually. A couple new releases on Netflix that I oh. decided to look into and enjoy. Okay. Um, the first one was The Old Guard, which is based on the Greg Rucka Leandro Fernandez comic. Getting a, getting a lot of press, that Old yeah. Guard. And the screenplay was actually written by Greg Rucka. So wow. I was surprised when I was watching the credits going, oh, pretty good movie. I was very surprised. I Pleasantly, uh, pleasantly surprised and really enjoyed it. Can you give me like a one or two sentence about what it's about without? Yeah. Um, unless it's one of those things is like, ah, I shouldn't tell you about it. I'll, I'll give you the quick synopsis. You have uh, a group of characters who are essentially immortal. Okay. And they have been fighting little battles here and there throughout the course of history. They get discovered. Somebody ah. discovers that they're immortal, which gives the 21st century. It's very difficult not to be caught on camera or photographed. So You're right. This is um, a very modern movie. <laughs> yeah, it is a very modern movie. But they get into some of the, you know, the depths of, you know, where they popped up in history. But one of the things I really liked about it, it's like uh, one of the characters asks, how are we this way? Why are this way? And then the main character, she goes by Andri Andy, but it's Andromeda, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. It's the same character from the comic. She says, does it matter? And I'm like, I like that. I like that answer because these characters don't know why they are the way they are. So why is it necessary to spend a 10 to 15 minute segment of the movie explaining it? So, sure. Save it for the sequel. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a, it was a fun movie. Had a hey, lot of great action. When it turns out they're all aliens from another planet. 
and I mean, it has Charlize Theron, who's the uh, the main character, Andy. Ah. So it also has, I always murder his name, Chwedel Ejifor. I think it's like Ejifor. I'm close. I'm probably not close. but Welcome um, to my world. And he's also uh, amazing in it. He basically plays a security specialist who is the one that verifies his suspicions that they're they're immortal and uh, goes about trying to capture them. Anyway, as one would. Yeah. So. Yep. Don't I don't want to say too much more because it will oh, start okay. to oh, give it away. Of course, it will no. start to give it away. But and uh, just yeah. something to whet the appetite. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely check it out uh, if you have Netflix. It's it's in their top ten now. It just dropped on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So. Okay. It, yeah. Just did. And then the other one is Warrior Nun. Warrior Nun, which is a great. Which is an interesting little TV series based based on on a a manga. It's based on a manga comic. Sounds Um, like a manga. The original manga comic is called Warrior Nun Aurelia. Aurelia? I'm not sure. I can see why they dropped that. Which is interesting because the the character that is is the Warrior Nun in the series on Netflix is different from the one in the comic, but the one in the comic, uh, that character rather, uh, for the TV series was created originally, an original creation for this series. But the nun that's in the comic makes an appearance in one of the episodes. So it was kind of neat. Interesting. You know, it's kind of like a flashback thing where they're explaining and then it's tied to to the comic without necessarily having to be a, be, or having to be beholden to the, the comic storyline. So... Uh, so far, it's interesting. It's got got a little bit of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe to it. So, is this a ongoing series or is that a movie? It's a series. Okay. Um, I'm six episodes in, and I can't remember how many total there are. I want to say there's like ten or twelve. And Old Guard's a movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the Old Guard is a movie. It's a one-off. Although there's a part at the very end that sets it up to possibly be a sequel. Or, or for there to be a sequel, They'd be crazy and, if they didn't. And yeah, and and apparently its its ratings are going through the roof on Netflix right now. So the possibility of a sequel is very high. Okay. So you're six episodes into Warrior Nun. Yes, and uh, it's fun. It's got it's got good mix of action and comedy, and you know the awkwardness of the the main character discovering these new powers that she has. Uh, and the caveat is it is very interesting because, and this is in the trailer, so I'm not giving it any other way. The girl was dead when she's given this halo that it ends up bringing her back to life and giving her any of these powers. But even beyond that, she was a quadriplegic before she died. So now she's like discovering, she's like, I can walk, I can feel, I can touch things, you know, all these things that she hadn't been able to do for the majority of her life. And she's trying to struggle with wanting to live a life, but then being confronted by these, these supernatural forces that she's going to have to fight against. So, it's it's interesting. There's a, there's a little heavy handedness with the religious aspects of it because it is um, related to the Catholic Church, and there's I kind know, of would figure so with the nun. Part. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I think they play they play it pretty well, so they don't get too much into it because there are certain characters that are not believers but still fight the battle. So All anyway. Right. Nice. Uh, yeah those those are those are the two main things that I did this weekend. Sound like worthy choices. Yeah. But you, um, shit? No, the the one thing I want to comment on is, uh, you know, I played games again. We played some more D&D. Elena was just like, yeah, 
uh, we're not going to do we're not going to do too much story today. It's just going to be big fighting, and we oh. ac- we actually had like a three hour fight. Oh wow! So it was three just, hour fight. <laughs> so that and that was actually fight. cool. Uh, that was fun. The other game where we played uh, Matt's uh, Monster of the Week. Oh yes, uh, that was funny. I uh, think I've mentioned to you before one of the ways you gain experience is if you fail a roll. It's 2d6, and then you add your modifier, which could be anywhere from negative 1 to plus 3. And if you get a 6 or less, you actually mark off a little box on an experience tracker. And I think it's like 7 boxes or something. You you will go up a level. And at the end of a session, you'll go over some stuff. Did you learn something? This? Did you party this? Da, ba, ba, to add other, other ticks on the boxes. And... My character's doing well enough that my experience is grinding, whereas Steve, I think, actually went up a whole level just on failing? his failures alone. <laughs> wow. He kept, rolling, he kept rolling snake eyes or threes, and even with his uh, bonuses, he was coming up short. Andy had a raft of failures, so he actually <laughs> got to blow up a, a level again. And it's just it's just like, I can't believe this crap. And meanwhile, my character, who's who's pretty much closest uh, to the combat guy in this game, is running around, and I'm just blowing up uh, leprechaun-like uh, monsters who are, are harassing our town and causing trouble. And I'm just blowing them up with one shot. I'm one-shotting them. Blam, blam, blam. And I can't fail to save my life. And it was just and it's just funny because it's like, of course, in a game where failure benefits you, I just end up not failing. <laughs> so it was Goddamn just a, participation trophies. Yeah, really. It was just a yeah, frack and frack. So so I'm grinding my uh my my leveling. And 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 Todd, you know how I feel about grinding. So so yeah. But uh that's really the I think the big, the big the big report from me. That and I finally had to break down and get a new phone, so I got my yay my new. It was really funny too because I got the phone. <clears throat> the phone arrives in the mail the next day. I'm about ready to actually. I, I I broke it open and was getting ready to power up, and Jeff sends me a text. Hey, I just read. That when the new Galaxy S20 comes out next month, they're going to make it cheaper than the current price rent. So undoubtedly, the price ranks for everything is going to go down. And, nah, nah, nah. and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's thank you, Jeff. That's, just just good for that. Yeah. He'll let you know when that's happening. Yes. Well, I tried to keep him informed. He did. He kept me exactly. updated you know, constantly. And, and I'm just staring at this box that I just cut open with the box cutters. And I'm like, thanks, Jeff. It's great to know. Well, the caveat is, and I did tell him, like the article I read said that it was rumor because it's unverified. Yeah. But, but they're, quote, accurate sources within the company. Yeah, trusted sources. Were, yeah. So So anyway. It's possible, but not definite at yeah. this point. And boy, oh boy. I mean, my old phone is just clunky and old. You've and had that for ages. I've had it for ages. And it it's just running so slow, so... I'm just enjoying running lightning fast on this phone. <laughs> so I'm going to keep that one as like a mini tablet. But, uh, yeah, the new phone, it's cool. So so there's that. 
That's about that's about my week in geek. I didn't do. I, I think I went logged on to Minecraft once this Ooh. week, and that was just basically to refill looky looky at my bookie because I know people are buying up books in there. So I'm like, ah, I got to keep the stock up. Uh, so I did. The, you, I did the quote unquote work. May I ask <laughs> how do you stock? How does that happen? How how do I how do you stock looky looky? How how do I create enchanted books? Is that how you there, ask? if if that's how that, you do I sell it. enchanted books? So right? yes. So there's two ways of doing enchanted books. Okay, you can create them with your own enchanting table that you build at an anvil, and you use your XP levels to enchant a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you get is randomized. Uh huh. Right? But you can. There's there's ways of resetting the randomization, but it costs you levels. So there's there's a lot of back and forth on that. Another way is fishing. You can actually it's one of the hard to get treasures in fishing. So if you fish during a rainstorm, and then you have an enchanted fishing rod that ups those percentages, you have a better chance of getting an enchanted book. But it's still really rare. I got an enchanted rod. Uh, we all know. <laughs> Boy, we didn't have to wait long for that one. Um, well, I had to wait for him to finish. I had to look for my pause. It, it's nice of you to do so, Jeff. Well, 80s so, Jeff, he waits for you to finish. Well, he keeps telling us not to talk over each other, so, you know. Do, Be quiet, let me finish. You, 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 fishing. So, like a rod with a reel yes. and a line. Yes. And then you pull up a book. And then it's possible that one of the hard-to-get treasures uh, against... Uh, it's a, basically a random loot table. Where do you fish? In, in any water will do. You fish in any water yeah. and you hit a random loot table. Yes. Usually you get fish. Uh-huh. All right. That's that's what you're going to get 80% of the time. Another, te- another 15% of the time, you're going to get junk. And about 5% of the time, you're going to get something on the treasure table. I see. Which is things that aren't really treasures, all the way to potentially enchanted books, enchanted bows, and enchanted fishing rods. So the question is, how often do you go fishing? Yeah, really. At the beginning, I did that a lot because that was the only way I could get a mending book. Uh Now, I have since um, created my own village. And there's villagers in the game that you can trade with. There is a sec. There is a actual emeralds is the currency that you trade with villagers. Mm-hmm. So I have th- this village that I deal with, and a lot of them will trade emeralds for enchanted books, and that's what I fill most of Looky Looky at my bookie. We've never seen this village. No, no, you haven't. You've got it hidden away somewhere. I do, absolutely, I do. Is this something Barry knows about? Uh, he's got to. Ah, yeah, it's it's it wow. should be a surprise to anybody. Goodness, and, well, he and, does have and I'm admin. not the only one because I, I'm not sure which person on the realm has opened up their own bookshop. So, mm. and they're they're basically selling the same things I am. So they're they're whoa. So apparently, when I run out of books, there's a place that you can go buy them. Wow. Since I've been playing so very little, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that that person also has a village that they're trading at as well. Aha. Uh-huh probably the same village and those bastards are just dealing behind Torgo's back. Could damn well be. And in that case, good for them. <laughs> slaying them all. So, so the real question is, back did on you see them. Barry's video 
his most recent video. That, that is the thing I was wanted to bring oh, up, okay. first of all, in bringing up Minecraft. Because uh, if you have not seen Barry's video, he posted it on Shock Monkey's Lair. But if not, you can see it. His YouTube channel is Houston Dungeon Master. Uh, it's about a 10-minute long video, but I'm going to tell you right now, it is definitely worth it to stay at the end. Because the end reveal is yeah. absolutely draw- jaw-dropping, especially if you're a horror fan. Yes, what what he has wow. been working on is almost made me cry. It's so beautiful. It is. My goodness. So uh, kudos to you, Barry. So if you haven't seen it, you, um, you might have seen it on the Shock Monkeys Larry. If you haven't clicked it, watch it. The ending is goddamn impressive. So uh, good job, Barry. Goodness. Uh, and I, he does give you a warning, Kirsten, that he's going to move fast. So yeah, he be, calls be you careful. Out. Yeah, he, oh, be really? careful not to get anxiety watching his video. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's so kind of him. Yeah, by name. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. That's great. Uh, I did finally watch Shazam, Shazam this week. Shazam. Uh, very, very enjoyable film. Very, very entertaining. Now, it, though? now, of course, with the speed that you're catching up with stuff, we're talking about the Captain Marvel from the 1970s Shazam. <laughs> a Saturday morning show. Uh, no, I decided to skip that. Oh, wow. Already and just, just jump ahead to the recent movie. GTFO. My so, goodness. Yeah, Zachary uh, Levy plays such a good version of It's superhero Shazam. big, and yeah. it's wonderful. And even they know they are because they make reference to big in the yep. movie. Uh, but so it's it's entertaining. It's fun. If you're looking for a fun, uh, the closest, I would say, that DC's gotten to Marvel in style. Yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yes. So just a little feel-good film. Definitely. Uh, story about found families when it comes down to it. Yeah. Uh, the vi- villain isn't all that memorable, but it's made up by all the charm of all the other actors. So, Yeah. I, every actor that they chose, I think, was perfect for the roles mm. that they played. Even the villain uh, is, yeah. is good yeah. at what he does. It's but, Mark Strong, yeah, it's yeah, Mark who Strong. plays a great villain. It's just that in the comics, Sylvana was more of the typical sniveling megalomaniacal mad scientist and this is this is different well and they they tried to pick a villain that wasn't necessarily too powerful for shazam because the next movie is black adam and then after that you have the shazam black adam crossover so we've got two more movies supposedly still in the works great um i'm down absolutely excited for it yeah yeah i guess they asked the rock Dwayne Johnson uh, status on that recently. He's like, it's still in the works. It's not. It's 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 not shelved by any means. Nah, it's just being getting, delayed by yeah, things are getting pushed. Yeah, it's so. understandable. Everybody wear your masks. Stay safe. He says he's pushed so hard to get that movie made. He said, I'm not going to let it let it stagnate <laughs> too long. I did go back and play some Lord of the Rings: Shadow of Mordor. Ooh, uh, be. I enjoy killing you. <laughs> It's uh, it's 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 fun to go back to uh, the they recently released it was on sale on PS4 with all of the DLC for like ten bucks oh, oh so, shit. so the whole grand thing and they took away the whole you have to pay to get better at this game that they had initially ah so when I logged into the game the first time I said oh we took all this out so this doesn't happen anymore and everything's now more fair and more fun and yeah it's more fair it's more fun and it's highly it's a lot of fun to build your orc army and go assault castles because huh, cool. ultimately Kill the that's, humans ultimately that's what the game's about I did start a game before the show today that 
I, I can't say enough to know whether I like it or not, but what an interesting concept. It's called Maneater. Oh, oh here, she here comes. comes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's by Deep Silver. I believe those are the people that brought us uh, Dead Island, which was a fun but somewhat broken game when it came out. Mm. Deep Purple cover band. Uh, this, uh, in this game, you play a shark. Okay. Okay. Hence Maneater. It's, it's Jaws the game. Wow. It's without having to pay the licensing. Uh, if I could describe the game, you know that that casual game where you start as the small fish and you can only eat fish smaller than you, but if you go up to a larger fish, it'll eat you. Right. That kind of thing. Take that and mix that with Grand Theft Auto and you have this game. <laughs> it, it, it has kind of RPG character building elements to it. And it's it's a whole, you are growing your fish by eating the small fish. You can attack fish that are a little larger than you, but if they're higher level than you, they're going to kick your butt. Not the most easy game to control. Mm. Uh, but again, I haven't found a game with an underwater segment that is really easy to control. Uh, you haven't had to call Biggs and go, Biggs, how do you swim? <laughs> how do you move? How do you swim? Uh, the only game that's been easy to control underwater that I've had so far has been Subnautica. Mm. Getting used to the controls in this game has been a chore. The gameplay is somewhat fun. It's fun being a shark. And you, in that same Grand Theft Auto thing, it, you can gain notoriety as a shark, and then shark hunters come after you. And then you, so it's got that whole <laughs> star Almighty. thing that Grand Theft Auto <laughs> wow. has. Wow. And the, the whole concept is that there's this notorious shark hunter that thinks that all sharks need to be annihilated just completely wiped out place of the planet. Oh, fun. And based on how you start this game and the training, he's right. Because one of the first things you do is you have to eat 10 people in at the beach. And then the hunters come after you and you're jumping out of the water and, and in very Jaws-like fashion, landing on their boat, eating them on the boat and getting back in the water and destroying their boats. And, wow. Yeah. It's... It's kind of a horribly violent game in that aspect. And, yeah. And it's and I have to say, it, it feels a little weird that way playing it. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, but you know, I'll get in the spirit of this game. So yes, you're playing the evil shark from Chaz. You are a malicious intent shark. Wow. But then you're not that shark. That shark was your mom. Because <laughs> eventually the big bad shark hunter catches your shark in the tutorial and ki- and cuts mom open and pulls you out and he marks you and and then you bite his hand off and you get into the water and then and then escape so basically we've established the villain of the shark hunter and oh. a and an antagonistic protagonistic kind of uh, mm-hmm. back and forth so there is a story wow to this this is completely weird. It's bonkers. There's no doubt about it. So I, I I don't know that this game is going to keep things going as far as the entertainment value goes. I have a feeling it's going to hit a, a ceiling on that. And then I'll be like, okay, no more of this. But who knows? I'm going to give it a shot. Like I said, I've only played it for an hour, and it's crazy sauce enough to go, yeah, I want to see what more of this game has to show. Because when you get dropped, you're dropped in, like, the bayou. Hmm. So when you escape. So you're in the bayou with alligators that are trying to hunt you down. Wow. In the meantime, you're eating 
catfish and turtles and things like that. Golly. So and destroying the occasional boat. Haven't seen any humans yet, but that's sure to come. That's insane. And then you level up your sharp and you find mutations. Uh, mutations? Uh, yeah, because eventually, according to this thing, uh, you can get like electric bite. <laughs> so, you know, realism. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So it's, it's called Maneater, if, if you're interested. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, it sounded familiar, so I had yeah. to go back through my YouTube history to see. And, and sure enough, I watched both a, a Jim, Jim Pressions from Jim Sterling on Maneater, but the one that stuck out was uh, the zero punctuation coverage of it. <laughs> Yahtzee's uh, coverage of it was just ridiculously funny. He, he had me laughing through the whole thing. It's, it's unusual, but... Yeah, I, I appreciate Gamefly because that's what they sent me. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad to be able to try it without having to buy it. Indeed. <laughs> Saves you so much money in the long run. And the last thing I did kind of small was watch some of the Ubisoft new announcements that they did this week. They had like a three-hour presentation, something they would have had at E3. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of excitement out of it. The, I mean, I'm a big fan of Assassin's Creed. Right. But... I'm not so excited about the Valhalla one. And, and I think that's just a personal thing that I'm just not into Vikings. It could be, yeah. So I'll probably play it. I'll wait for Gamefly to send it and give it a shot. And you know what? I will say I did not expect Assassin's Creed Odyssey to be as enjoying, join, <laughs> joining, joining? Uh, yeah, as enjoyable as it was. Right. Uh, in fact, I'd say of the year that I played it, Probably one of the most enjoyable games, longevity-wise. Yeah, you you played that quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you had steering a pirate ship, which was is it's right up your alley. Great. It's pretty great. But uh, I, it's funny. I'm reading like a lot of articles of people that that are big uh, Assassin's Creed fans, and they're saying it's like each little twist in the game, or or you know, genre that they want to mix Assassin's Creed in is just it's it's like diminishing returns, like. It's still the same basic premise, just set in Greece or you know set in it ancient is. Egypt, and it's like almost have to pick your poison. It's like, are you interested in this ancient era that we're going to drop the character in? No, sure, well, that, that's wait part for the it. next one. That's part of it, I'm sh- and story is part of it too. I, Odyssey's story was more compelling than I expected it to be. Was it gamer all- fatigue? I think is what they're calling it now, or you just you, you get fatigued about a certain game kind of repeating itself over and over. Sure, you know what? I think I don't get as fatigued with that style of, style of the game because I think in my current iteration of this brain, uh, that is my preferred style of game right now. That open world, go do a bunch of meaningless quests and then do the story quests when you want to advance things from where you're at sure and it's, it's i don't know man i find it a little more relaxing i guess than say like because like the first person shooters are not as interesting to me as they used to be right but these open world ones are so that's why the shark one's a little more interesting to me than i would have expected it to be i haven't found a lot of first person shooters lately that like feel new and fresh they always just feel yeah. like a reskin version of another game i'm not so sure there's a whole i mean uh, someone's gonna make me uh, eat my words on this but right. I, i'm not so sure there is a whole lot you could, more you can do with a first person you shooter really anymore. need to have a good story and it does seem like a lot of fps they just throw in a lot of flash and and bang and make you go buy our game look how pretty it is and you're like you get there's there's no story here all you know i mean I'm all for the, you know, the people that I work with that are like, you know, 
you know, playing Call of Duty all the time and they're playing group battles and they just do that over and over and over and over, you know, that's fine for them. And the competition's fun. Yeah. I, I need something to make me want to keep going back to the game and, and going out and blasting an opposing team just isn't interesting to me anymore. You know, it was fun for a while when it was new and fresh, but now it's just like, I want, I want a story. I want something I can dig my teeth into, something that's going to go, ooh, I want to play another hour of this, even though I don't have the time. So anyway, that's, that's just my I'm bored personal with story. opinion. Really? <laughs> eh, I don't care. Yeah. I just want to shoot stuff. You, you, need, you need the new Doom. <laughs> That's what you need, Chris. Yeah. I think you'd love it. Because movie, uh, movies, um, video games, yeah, I'm just, I'm there to shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. And, that, I... and that's what Doom 3 is. You are there mm. to shoot stuff. Yeah. Doom I, 3. I that, the newest Doom. Yeah. Doom 3. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's 20 years ago. I hate the, yeah, I just, it's like, the story thing bores me. I just, just, just send waves of shit at me so I can destroy them. Sure. Uh, I will say the one thing that did stand out to me in the Ubisoft announcements was the Watchdog Legion. That's what I hear a lot of people talking about today. I've I'm re- not only was I really impressed by it, I'm impressed that it's coming out this October. I thought they were making this announcement for the next generation, but they aren't. Really? Yeah, this is a they are working on a next generation version of it. Oh, okay. But they are releasing it for the current generation in October. I was kind of surprised because it looked like some next level shit. It is supposedly easier to program for the new generation that's dropping this winter, supposedly, because it's just simply, you know, the, the architecture is very similar, et cetera, and all that with the, you know, the current gen consoles and then the next gen, you know, PS5 and Xbox, oh, what the hell is it called again? Xbox One SRL Poo. <laughs> At any rate, uh it's like essentially it's like okay so you've already programmed for the base console now you just program this add-on that improves the graphics and speed and everything and it's it's really not that much more work from what a lot of these developers are saying of course they could just be saying that because it's part of their contracted um <laughs> things that they're allowed to say because there's sure. so much of that shit going on right now it's like you can't yeah. be critical of a a partner or a hardware manufacturer anymore <laughs> that's one of the things that gets into me with about the game um game journalism is completely gone anymore for the most part because they put the the game developers put such caveats on you that you're like okay you can talk about this but you can't talk about this and you can only say positive things about this you can't say anything negative yeah. or we're pulling your press oh credentials oh my god yeah, it's that, ridiculous it, jeff is gross. a gamer gator no <laughs> that's nothing to do with it it's yeah. all about ethics and journalism fuck you <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, but this watchdog legion it's if you played the other watchdogs so you know it's an open world game yes. hacking is the central part of it this one takes place in london where it's been completely locked down under authoritarian uh, corporate what? regime what yeah and so it's you're part of the resistance and the neat thing about it is that you can apparently recruit anybody on the street to be part of your gang and each person that you could potentially recruit has their own set of skills if you will hmm. uh, so you can it's kind of the whole thing that you can play the game the way you want and really there's only probably two or three ways you can play the game right uh, but the uh the preview looked amazing uh i i like where the story seems to be going 
And plus, it takes place in London, one of my favorite cities of all time. Right. Last time I got to play in there was one of the Assassin's Creed games, but it was back during, like, Victorian London. Uh, so this good old future London. Where it was even dirtier than it oh, is now. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So that, Dirty, that was really the only thing London. that really stood out to me on that whole Ubisoft thing. So, yeah, I did a, did a few things. Cool. And I also watched uh, Parasite, but I'll talk about that next week. Parasite. The movie that's won Best Picture, foreign language, first foreign language film to win Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay. Korean one, right? Yes. South Korean picture. It is one of those movies that it's, uh, as I was told, the less you know about it going in, the better. Uh, I don't know if I believe that after seeing it. Okay. I don't think it's so much of a surprise in that regard, but it is a dark comedy with some thriller aspects to it. Is it uh, is it on Netflix? Uh, no. In fact, I got this on Netflix disc, so that's Netflix how I had to watch it. Disc. Yeah, I'm, I'm still one of those people. I've seen it somewhere. I, know, I, I, I think I have, too. It's, it's on one of the streaming services. Sure, I'm sure it is. Uh, it came out on DVD about a, usually about a month after it comes out on DVD. That's when it goes to Netflix for rental. It's been a while. It's on Hulu, which Aha. is, I know where I'd seen it, but I don't know if it's part of the, I'm pretty sure it's part of the normal uh, Hulu and not the add-on stuff. And Hulu's something I still don't have, so. Well. Yeah. Alrighty. But but I do recommend it. The movie's amazing. Cine- Cinematography-wise, the thing is beautiful. Story-wise, well put together. And quite a few f- shocking, fun, and heartbreaking moments. It's good. Really, hmm. really good. Heartbreak. Yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Oh, nothing I can think of off the top of my head. Well, we got a bit to go through, so let's start with a little mail, guys. Mail okay. call. Uh, first one is by uh, Scoopus Rex. Scoopus Rex. Hello, gentlemen. My name's Grant, and I've been a listener for a very long time, and I just wanted to reach out to tell you how much I appreciate you and all your work putting in this podcast out every week. Uh, you are the geeky friends I look forward to hanging out with each week. Aw, Grant, we love hanging out with you, too. Aww. And you always bring laughter and joy with every episode. Uh, I guess he was talking about when Andy was here, because Andy's the one that brought the funny. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're not him. funny anymore. Yeah. No. yeah, you have you have all been a beacon in the dark when the world gets to be too much, reminding me to laugh and giving hope that things do get better. Even with the current craziness that is the world, you guys are a rock amidst a stormy sea, and I truly cannot tell you how much I appreciate you all. I was wondering if there was a way a poor COVID-affected person could support you guys right now. I've already subscribed to Torgo's YouTube channel. Thank you, Grant. Uh, But is there any other way I can support Jeff, Kay, Matt, or Andy? Uh, Even just a friendly gesture of moral support. Thank you guys for all that you do, and I'm looking forward to many more geeky adventures and laughs with you all. Humbly, Grant, a.k.a. Scoopus Rex. Uh, well, it's letters like this, frankly. Yeah, it's Grant, it's, that that kind of fuel us. So thank you. Yeah, because getting a business license right now is not really in the cards, so that we can start taking donations. By Colt Express is that the is that the cowboy game? It's a cowboy train western board game. Uh, and there's a digital version of it, and Andy bought it, and he can't find anyone to play with. <laughs> so, oh, so that's, you're just saying that's how to support Andy. That's how to gotcha. support Andy. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure where you were going with that for yeah. a second. I was <laughs> like, Buy Colt Express. <laughs> the Action Express. The 50 caliber. Play games with his grand. That's know, what we're saying. And go shooting. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, really. I like Funkos. 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, in all seriousness, it's like right now. Yeesh. Yeah, it's just crazy. It is. Someday I'll I'll have something out there and I'll say go to that. <laughs> you know. Well, who knows where we'll be in a few months? We'll be begging for donations, there maybe. You go, yeah. <laughs> but for right now, we're 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 doing okay. Kind well, of speaking of support, ish. I finished Dave Raider's minis this week. Oh, nice. Uh, so those are getting shipped out here, and uh, got some more work done on the Starship. So the commissions are moving forward. Uh, Starship still takes forever on every single one of those things because mm. they those decals just won't stay down. Stay down, decal. Wow. Last one, I, I took about two hours to get that thing. To Man. Man. So and it wasn't awful. even a big decal. So uh, there you go. Something to inspire Todd. Make sure to get a nice, big, fat, large-scale <laughs> Romulan bird of prey. <laughs> That has a giant bird of prey decal on the bottom. Don't don't send him commissions of models that are more than ten years old because yeah. the decals will be completely uh, disintegrated. No, my, my commissions are minis only now. This yeah. is the last model I'll be commissioning for anybody. Well, send a sad story about a dying relative to guilt him into it. <laughs> sad songs to make you cry, huh? Yeah, boy, because I, I remember the decal from the uh, bird of prey. Uh, the old school bird of prey. That, oh, yeah. That was a fucking, that was horrible. Those big decals are a mess. Yeah. I I, I hated model building after that because it was like I didn't want to deal with the decals. I don't know which is worse, the big decals because they're so big and they want to tear or the, the, the really, really tiny ones because there was uh, the big parts right after um, high school where I bought this three starship set that had like the Enterprise D, uh, a bird of prey, and then a Romulan warbird. Oh, yes, yes. And they were all small. So they were only about, I don't know, three or four inches big. On, and then they all put together on this big stand. Sure. Well, each of them had these little decals that, I'm not kidding you, were about like a millimeter tall by like three or four millimeters wide. And trying to slide them off there onto the models without tearing them was super difficult. Wait till you get into the deep part of modeling where it's where you're dealing with etched brass oh. and having to stick those on. Ugh. That's ungodly. I don't even do that shit. Uh, but again, thank you, Grant, really, with the, the letter. We appreciate it. Uh, next email uh, says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my uh, best, because uh, it's from Asshole Gay from Boston. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to... And he's written it in Bostonese. Oh, Boston. So, so I'm gonna give you my my best uh, Boston accent. Where's uh, Andy when we need him? He needs to read right, this. You right. know, he, he can do it. He can do it natively. Yep. Jeez. Okay. So here is my best Boston accent. Dear Geek Shock, <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to most, if not all, of the Dresden books on Libby. I like them a bunch, and I would love to discuss them with someone smart. I guess I'll see this for you guys. Just. Kidding. You guys are wicked smart. Full Moon is the inspiration for my Misfits cover band, Billy and the Werewolves. So find me on Facebook Messenger to chat it if you want. Fuck your couch, asshole game from Boston. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty solid Boston Okay. Accent. You nailed the wicked smart. Yeah, see? Yeah, that was... That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, that's awesome. No, you know... <laughs> I, I no, mean, that's awesome. I haven't even finished uh, Full Moon yet. 
asshole Gabe. So uh, I, I need some time. But I did see that Gabe did post on the Shock Monkeys layer mm. to anybody that wants to discuss the Dresden books. Mm. So if you do want to engage Gabe with a little, uh, little Dresden talk, feel free yeah, to find him on the layer. I probably will once I finish Full, Full Moon, but I still got a lot of books to go. So it might be time before I do all that because I'm not going to read them all in a row. I got other Geek Shock book club books to read. Yep. So this this is this is my break. This is my break. Hmm. Uh, but I appreciate you writing in, asshole Gabe. I always appreciate when you do because you allow me to practice my Boston accent. So thank you. <laughs> and uh, you know he needs practice. So send more letters. <laughs> Somewhere Andy is critiquing your Boston accent. All right, you should put more emphasis on this, less emphasis on this. Yeah, I think he's just <laughs> crying. Probably. <laughs> Uh, next mail's from Cthulhu Collector. Not sure if you guys noticed this, but after many times watching Avengers Endgame, I finally noticed Drax was wearing a shirt at Tony's funeral. So, what is a surprising detail that you finally noticed after watching a movie or TV show multiple times that you hadn't noticed before? Uh, that honestly is such a rabbit hole. Yeah. I I, ha- I wrote down a bunch and I had to edit them out because there were so many of those. Oh, oh wow. I mean, details like that, Easter eggs, there's all kinds of weird things that you you might catch on the 50th or 60th watching of something. Just just a couple of them. If you watch Back to the Future 3, when you see, uh, when Marty and Doc are hijacking the train, Doc's scarf that he's wearing is his shirt from Back to the Future 2. Oh. He made the scarf out of that shirt, which is like... Never a, noticed it. it. I didn't notice it until I got it on Blu-ray. So, okay. So when the details were clear enough, that I could actually see that that was that same trains that he's wearing in the DeLorean throughout the uh, Back to the Future uh, Part 2. So that that's one of them. This is one for Paul, if he's listening. So one of the things he always used to complain about is in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, when uh, Boba picks up the helmet, Django's helmet, and the head doesn't fall out, and he's like, where's the head? Why did it fall out? Well, I saw it, I think it was on TBS, or maybe it's TNT the other day, and I happened to catch that scene while I was flipping to the channels, and the head is sliced off. If you watch the ground, the shadow, you actually see the shadow of the head falling out of the helmet. So even though you don't see it on screen, you see that it happens through the shadow. And I had missed that like all the times I'd watched it before. So that was one that I noticed. That's uh, how you get a PG to a PG-13. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that's a big part of that. So, yeah. Um, so there was another one that I... You know, one that I miss is one that's one of the most famous movie mistakes in nerddom history. Never saw it decades of watching this movie i never saw it until it was pointed out to me and that is the famous scene in the original star wars where the stormtrooper bumps his head on the door oh yeah <laughs> never saw it never saw it for decades it isn't until the thousands until it was pointed yep. out to me that that was there and i can't tell you how many times i've seen that movie in the those ensuing decades right so yeah i completely missed that i don't necessarily want to say this is one that I missed the first time going through. I I actually remembered seeing it in the theater and I'd forgotten about it and then uh, remembered it again when I saw it on uh, Blu-ray was uh, in the movie Dodgeball at the very end when um, 
they bring out the treasure chest full of money where he ends up buying Globo Jim and getting his his uh, his Jim back. If you look on the chest, on the front of the chest, it says Deus Ex Machina on the chest. So it's literally, it's it's literally saying what it is uh, on the the thing. So I, I can that was I can hilarious. appreciate that. I, you know, I mean, in a comedy movie, you know, you you expect something like that, but you know, they're not making any bones about it. They're like, this is exactly what it is. So we're just gonna slap that label right on there. <laughs> In Jurassic Park, if you look at Dennis Nedry's outfits that he wears throughout there, it mirrors Goonies. Because the what? first the first time you see him when he's sitting, yeah, if you, it, I'm, and I'm abs- and I went to verify this to make sure, and it is absolutely true. Um, the first time you see him, he's in that kind of Hawaiian shirt, which is the exact same shirt that Chunk is wearing when you first see Get him the in fuck Goonies. Out of here! With um, this. <laughs> later on, when you see him before he goes. To, to the vending machine where he's actually going to go steal all the embryos. He's wearing the exact same outfit that Mikey is wearing when they go off on the exploration. So, and then the uh, the final one, or no, sorry, mouth. It was mouth that he was wearing. And then the final one is when he's got the raincoat on and he's in the uh, the Jeep, it matches what Mikey was wearing with the yellow raincoat and the shirts and stuff underneath. So Okay, so add a, that to my list. My yeah. God, I've never seen that. If you get a chance, uh, there is there is a, a, a YouTube video if you want, which is where I verified what, I'm, you know, what I had noticed. Um, so you can check that out. They show like a scene-by-scene comparison where they show the different outfits on and then Nedry. And it makes sense because Spielberg produced Goonies um, and apparently was on set quite frequently during the filming, so... Uh, apparently Spielberg does like to do that, throw little little Easter eggs from from either <laughs> movies that he's produced or directed. I'm impressed. That's that's yeah. a, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, it, it really is. And then like I I remember thinking I was like, this looks really familiar. And then I'm like, I gotta go verify this because maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe it just kind of looks like it. No, they're they're the same same outfits. Nuts. That's amazing. I noticed. I think it was the second or third time in Force Awakens mm-hmm. when um, Chewbacca and Han are laying the charges in the base when when Chewbacca's running and laying charges. You see Chewbacca's fingers for the first time as opposed to like just furry, big furry paws. You see oh, individual yeah. fingers. which mm. it, And it's like black leathery you know, it almost looks like he's just wearing like a a leather glove or a rubber glove underneath all that. But it was funny because I was like, I just realized you've never seen Chewbacca's fingers before, yeah, ever, ever. Yeah, he's always holding something, but it's just this yeah. big mound of fur. And, yeah, and, and the fur yeah. is always covering yep. something. You're like right. even when he's operating the Falcon, right? You know, it it's it looks like yeah, it it's looks just like a like mitt, the big old. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So individual fingers like that was actually kind of weird. Wow, and, and I, I never I, noticed that either. Yeah, and it, it was just like in the second or third time, and I was like, ah. Oh. And then in Rise of Skywalker, the second, maybe the third time I watched that, I noticed that uh, when Ray heals Kylo from uh, stabbing him with the lightsaber, she also had healed his facial scars. Oh, I didn't catch that one. Yeah, and it was really funny. It was like, you know, she fixed everything or whatever, but but that was all gone. And I was just like, 
Ah, I hadn't even caught that. But then when I was I was watching the scene between him and uh, Harrison Ford closely, and while I was watching it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. His face is, oh, it's all fixed. Okay, so. Well, I learned something today. That, yeah. that brings me to uh, something that I I'd recently discovered about the new trilogy. Not exactly related to what the email is, but uh, in The Last Jedi, you know, everybody was talking about the Porgs being a, a you know, just a cash grab, you know, right. and then to make a cute thing. There's actually, I found this out, there's a, a physical reason for the creation of the Porgs, um, and that is the island that play, that it is made to look, made to, the actual physical island here on planet Earth that's made to be Onktu, where Luke is hiding out, there's puffins on that island. So having ILM digitally erase every one of those puffins would have delayed production quite a bit. So what they ended up doing is because they can do that tracking technology with uh, with the digital CG, they created the Porg as a cover-up for all the puffins that were on the island. So, oh. And Porgs friggin' rock. So I appreciate so, the puffins yeah. for doing your part. So it wasn't just a cash grab. It was like a, a literal... Uh, fixed to a problem that they were trying to figure out what to do with so when when chewy was getting set up to eat a pork that was a puffin that, had that, <laughs> that they had well, yeah that's what it was oh wow yeah. not that specifically but like all the all the background <laughs> porgs that the you puffins see. were there crying yeah, yeah and he he had, they cooked up a puffin and gave it to yeah. me it's always i i find solutions like that to you know problems interesting in movies like well what are you going to do with this or well, you can't just erase it all oh hey we can make it something else there's one last one. I this one is just for you. Oh, for uh, me, because um, I had not. Kay ev- didn't get one. I had never noticed. I this. never get one. Uh, if you watch the DVD version of Fight Club, you know the very beginning when you go through the uh, you know the the F- you have the FBI warning and then you have the um, um, the studio warning that basically tells you you're not supposed to copy your information or anything, and you you typically can't skip through those. Well, on the Fight Club. DVD. I haven't I haven't verified to see if it's on the Fight Club Blu-ray, but I do have the old um, Fight Club DVD to verify this. The warning is actually a message from Tyler Durden. And it has absolutely nothing to do with um, the actual studio warning. It's it's a big paragraph. It's like, why are you watching this? You're just a me- <laughs> if you're spending the time to read this, you're just a part of the and it just <laughs> goes on and on. Oh, that's perfect. I, I had a screen cap of it somewhere. Uh, I, I was going to look it up, but. It's it's the, the whole paragraph message in it, and it just says uh, Tyler at the very end. So I miss the cleverness of the DVDs when they were new, right? Of them trying to get away with hiding things in the menus. You would you would move your cursor around different menu sites to see if you could find some yep. yeah, little yeah. Easter egg that, that was, was a hidden scene. Back or something when like Easter that. eggs were hidden things that maybe you discovered or maybe you didn't. As opposed to now, where it's just like little, just look it up on YouTube. Little tchotchkes right. that are put there for you specifically yeah. to discover and Which, blah 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 for someone to make a YouTube video about. Yeah, and right. and that and <sighs> the just the the long drawn out menus. Remember when we entered that period where menus themselves took minutes to boot up, and it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> just get me the goddamn menu so I can. The the most mm. mind crushingly annoying menu was definitely Memento. Mm. 
Uh, I don't even remember that one. Memento. You, you ah, could, I see <laughs> what you did there. That's good. Uh, you could watch the movie, but there was also a puzzle game within it that you kind of had to maneuver through to find like the extra stuff. And it was not easy. It, w- it was a do- goddamn full on puzzle. Wow. And so you could watch the movie, but if you solved the puzzle, you could watch, if I remember right, you could watch the movie in its linear. actual or linear order. Linear. Oh, that's actually, oh. I like the first DVD release of uh, UHF because there were certain, I, that was one of those weird DVDs that you had to flip the disc over for extra oh, content. Yeah. And oh. if you try to, in the menu, select the stuff that's on the second side, Weird Al would walk onto the screen and he goes, what are you doing? What you're looking for is on the other side. And then he had like three or four different things that he would say if you kept doing it. Yes. So they like come in and it's like, flip the disc over. <laughs> you know, just, That's funny. It, but with that the, one cracked me up. But with the advent of Blu-ray, and don't get me wrong, I love Blu-rays, uh, everybody lost their sense of humor. Now it's just movie, setup, bonus. That's what you got. Yeah. That's what you get. It's a good question. I actually, it's really funny because there are actually tons of movies I rewatch all the time and things that I see. But it's really funny when I got the question, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and I think I think I, I could think of the the sequel movies just because it's some of the most recent stuff sure. that that I picked up on. But I really. I just because I know that there's stuff in Thor, Ragnarok. There's stuff in all the Marvel movies that I didn't notice the first time, and I'll be hanged if I can fucking remember any of that. It's just, meh. yeah. Oh well. Well, I just I, you know, on the point you were talking about watching and rewatching things, um, I just read a article recently. I, I think it was on Psychology Today, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. But, um where they've found that people who have anxiety typically rewatch things because they know what to expect and they're not going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's essentially, it's a comfort zone. It's one of the reasons thing. I watch Wildcats. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, you just watch it for the Goldie Hawn scene in the well, bathtub, right? I forgot that was there until that moment. I was like, oh yeah, because I used to rewind this over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of come out of nowhere. It's like, oh, there she is in the bathtub. And oh, okay, that's... Okay, boobs. Wow. All right. All right. Hey. It's the 80s, man. Those once gave nourishment to <laughs> little Kate Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. <laughs> Let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I lost I, your No, I, I, I prepped to do it, and then... The the old vocal cords just were like, nope, not <laughs> oh, gonna do it. Oh, <laughs> the, the dairy cords. Yeah, the dairy cords stopped them. Yeah, damn cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cheesy, but don't tell Andy that. Yeah, don't tell Andy anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's okay. not here. What, what, That's right, know. and he'll never know. If 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 he but, wants, but do play games with. If him. he wants yes. to come be involved, he's got to come back Cold and, and get involved. Ticket to Ride. I think that's another one he If bought. he wants to scream about news you don't give a shit about, he needs to bring his ass here and do it. <laughs> why? I don't understand why he just doesn't do one of his videos of him going, eh, for about five minutes well, and he, put that up on the lair. He did a video of him answering questions from like one of the past yeah. podcasts. Yeah, that was and good. It's like, it's, it's, it's neat, but at the same time, 
That was like three episodes ago. Well, you know, hey. <laughs> Takes him a while to catch Poor up, I kid. guess. kid. He's just, he's trying. I know. You know. He's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Matt's welcome anytime because Matt's a goddamn hero. Oh, Canada. Yes. <laughs> you wear your masks daily. <laughs> you, you lower your curve. <laughs> And keep us out of your country. <laughs> Smart. News you don't give a shit about. Archie Comics is looking yep. to expand to audio and has made a deal with Spotify. Audio Comics. The first look deal crea- uh, looks to create an original series of Archie podcasts, similar to the one signed <laughs> by DC last month. Wow. These podcasts could be about any of the Archie characters and would see the comic company's creatives develop the series with Spotify. Nothing has been announced, but sources indicate that they will likely look to approach similar demographics as the TV universe, some younger-oriented and some a little more mature. Oh, yeah. Uh, no timeline. Betty and Veronica hooking up. <laughs> <laughs> no timeline has been announced for the podcasts if this excites you. Now, see... If they get some Betty Veronica making out ASMR, that's uh, that'll put me to sleep every night. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, our new Archie stories coming to a podcast near you. Um, now, yeah, they're going to use just the Archie characters or the other characters that are also in the no, Archie the, stable, no, like the the whole Archie stable. So I'll, I'll okay. bet there'll, there'll be some Sabrina. Uh, there could be some Josie, Little okay. Red Hot. Isn't that uh, more the Casper thing? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's. I think that's like little Lulu. Richie area. Rich, but that's that's not Archie. I no? that's that's. Oh. I mean, kids comics, sure. But, okay. But know. but you Donald know Donald Duck. But you know what, Uncle uh, Scrooge. Watch watch this space because Spotify is apparently going to make a podcast out of anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey Spotify. Hey Spotify. If you would like to help Geek Shock, right? We are on Spotify. <laughs> Well, <laughs> achievement unlocked. But, but we're not getting paid to be on Spotify. We're, we're not working with Spotify for the content. <laughs> well, yeah. We'd have to change so much. Poor, not really. Poor Andy. Not really? Yeah, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> we had to change some things to, so we could be on Spotify. That's true. <laughs> not really. Yeah. If we tie ourselves to a corporate entity... And again, a thank you goes out to Sam Heffernan for his burning light song that we used at the beginning of this podcast. Sam, you rock. Yes, and and well, yeah, and thank you for letting us use it, Sam, at only at the price of a firstborn, which ironically the three of us don't have. Yeah. So, yeah, but Spotify asked for it first, so we couldn't have it anyway. Yeah, so. and and that was Duncan, and uh, well, for some reason they just want him to stay in his room. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> no, you don't give a shit about if. Uh, uh, Creeper Crunch cereal was enough cereal news for you. Cereal, let's talk cereal. <laughs> uh, Sugar shock. It was announced on May the 4th that a cereal, cereal featuring Baby Yoda would be coming out sometime this summer. <laughs> well, the fruity corn pop cereal with green marshmallow assets is hitting store assets? shelves. Yeah. Assets? Assets. Uh, they're, they're available exclusively at Sam's Club, but will be available in stores nationwide by the end of the month. Didn't we get a bunch of comments on the lair about uh, the, the delving into the cereal? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> cereal talk is very popular. <laughs> Apparently so. I went out and got some cinnamon life. Tell ya. Here's the weird goddamn thing that happened. Uh-oh, uh-oh. This, this kind of blows my mind, all right? Because uh, in our cereal talk, we talked about Raisin Bran, yes. right? Yes. Apparently, ICS that same week also talked about yeah, Raisin Bran. Yeah, I heard about that. My wife, who doesn't listen to either show, got goddamn Raisin Bran out of nowhere. And Microscope out of Tennessee, his wife, who doesn't listen to either show, bought Raisin Bran out of nowhere. There's something going on with the goddamn Raisin well, Bran. Well, yeah, your wow. wife doesn't listen to it because we're not a true crime podcast. This is true. This is true. That's her, that is definitely her thing. <laughs> she told me that she's like, this is my obsession. This is like, this is what I'm always watching oh, and or listening crime. to. Okay. New Do category it. every week. Cereal? Or true, true crime. <laughs> true crime geeky. What, what, my answer what true, to that would be yes. <laughs> what true crime happened in geekdom? But it's so it's just so bizarre that, and I, I realize we're counting the hits and ignoring the misses, but, but there is a lot of Razor Brand happening this week out of nowhere, and it's goddamn weird. I've had three bowls of Raisin Bran this week. I've had Raisin Bran in ages. We, we, we are the non-sugared raisins in Raisin Bran. That's what we are. Oh, I, I, was, sure, I was sure to buy the sugared kind. Were you? I, oh, yeah. I, I am not that non-sugared guy. I need, I need sugar poured on my flakes. Wow. Well, when your mom makes the Raisin Bran, you don't really have much that's, choice. That's a fine point. That's a fine point. And when you're poor, you take what you can get. Absolutely. <laughs> And that brings us to Weekend Geek. Woo! Boy, this has been some week. Yeah. I I I kind of rabbit hold down the whole inappropriate behavior on the part of professionals at conventions thing. Oh, oh geez, Todd. Yeah. Oh, no, and, that's a rabbit hole, all right. And it bounced off of science fiction, fantasy, and into comics because apparently oh, no. that's making a big. Oh yes. And the it was, comic book defense fund. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some names scrolled by that it's like, what? No, what? Oh, what? Wow, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's, I'm just it's, saying it's goddamn depressing when you fall down that rabbit hole. I will yeah. say it's really funny too because a part of you. You know, it's like, oh, my God, anybody could suffer from this. I mean, this is just, I mean, my God, I did, you know, how in the hell um, are you going to be able to, 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 to interact with anybody and not, not cross some line? And then a few of the uh, victims will give some details and you'll hear about shoving hands down the waistbands of somebody's uh, skirt uh, and underwear on a on a bus ride to a hotel or something and you're like oh okay yeah no yeah not everybody's gonna get burned by this because there's some yeah it, it's not because oh somebody hit on somebody that's not what's happening in these yeah things. it's it's yeah it, it's it, goddamn it, it, yeah. ugly behaviors what yeah it, is. it was just holy shit balls and it sucks that we have such a society that wants to blame the victim and people have been afraid or ashamed to come forward and say and that's this person does it and then that behavior continues that's the other half of the conversation because there are women talking about talking about uh going through shit for decades yeah i mean not to mention like the horrors that you hear about the 
the women that have done cosplay at Comic-Con right. for for right. for decades now and listening to all this shit that that people do like oh can I take a picture with you and then you know yeah. just the the terrible nasty things that get yeah. done to them and you're just like oh it's it's not the picture that's the problem <laughs> yeah yeah that's the the excuse to get close and uh, yeah God, there's some terrible people in this world. There is, but let's get some some good yes, news. Yes, we're in the we're in the the good category. Yes, we can geek. Uh, Writer director Matt Reeves' Batman movie called The Batman is getting its own spinoff already. What? HBO Max announced that it has given Reeves a commitment for a new streaming series focused on the Gotham City Police Department, set in the same universe as the upcoming film. The series will be written by Terrence Winter, a veteran of HBO crime dramas The Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire, and will, quote, build upon the motion picture's examination of the anatomy of corruption in Gotham City, ultimately launching a new Batman universe across multiple platforms, unquote. Uh, Continuing a different quote, this is an amazing opportunity not only to expand the vision of the world I am creating in the film, but to explore it in the kind of depth and detail that only long-form format can afford. And getting to work with the incredibly talented Terrence Winter, who has written so insightfully and powerfully about the worlds of crime and corruption, is an absolute dream, Reeves said in a statement. While the show does not yet have an official title, The Hollywood Reporter notes that it's being referred to internally as both Gotham Central and GCPD. Uh, The Batman, the movie, is set to arrive in October of 2021. Uh... Didn't we do a red light, green light on GCPD a while back? Uh, we, I don't think it's the same as this. No, this I sounds th- like a completely no, different. The, the red light, green light we did was that Gotham show that they did on that they did on TV for like three or four seasons. Okay, the one that's just about that focuses on Commissioner Gordon. Okay, pretty, pretty, and I, Batman's a little kid. I swear we did a GCPD red light, green light. And uh, we we maybe it has, and maybe it just slipped my Jeff mind. Jeff Harrison, though, Jeff, let us know. But I will say that uh, Gotham Central was one of my favorite DC comic reads of all time. Yeah. It was a comic book that centered on just average police dealing with superpowered Batman criminals right. without the help of Batman. And why? Where was Batman? Off dealing with another criminal. Fucker. He can't be everywhere at once. Oh, you know what? Or can he? Or, yeah. or Oracle's not that good. Yeah, what? Yeah. I'm calling shit out. Sexist. <laughs> misogynist. <laughs> Gamer gator. It's all over. You're going to get punched. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get punched in the dick. It's all about <laughs> ethics and crime fighting. <laughs> uh, so, if, if that, I don't know if that comic is the basis building, basis or building block of this show uh, but i am all for street level people dealing with super powered people yeah that's, especially if you're gonna spin it off of the movie and have them connected that's kind of a neat premise yeah and of course hbo max uh, it right. seems like it's their salvo versus the marvel universe right spinoffs that are happening for dc uh, disney plus right so yes yeah i'll take this gladly uh, little, uh, I thought I was going to get away with it this week, but no, we did lose somebody this week. We lost Kelly Preston. Yes. Uh, died at the age of 57 after a two-year battle with breast cancer. Uh, one of her first roles in film was that as Roseanne in John Carpenter's 1983 adaptation of Stephen King's Christine. Yep. Uh, from there, she went on to appear in Tales from the Crypt, Dust Till Dawn, Jack Frost, Cat in the Hat, 
and she starred opposite Kurt Russell in uh, Disney's Sky High. A lot of people don't remember that movie. You don't movie. have Space Camp in that list, God I damn you. I don't have Space Camp, and you're <laughs> right. That's a, that's a big miss. And I also don't have uh, that that awful sci-fi film she did. Oh, uh, Battlefield Earth, that whatever. One. That one? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, she's married. Well, she's married to him, so of course there's that connection. I will say, um, back when I was at Serendipity 3, I waited on her two separate occasions she was a very, very nice, uh, nice woman. Uh, she was there with her daughters, I think it was. She had her kids there. Apparently, one of the times that she came in that I didn't wait on her, John Travolta actually popped in, but oh. there were too many. Our our Serendipity 3 had a big, wide-open dining room, so as soon as word got out that he was there, there were a lot of people taking pictures, and he ended up having to leave. Yeah. But, uh but, uh, you know, when people did, I knew who she was, like, as, as soon as she sat down, I was like, oh, my God, that's Kelly Preston. And uh, like I said, just super, super nice. Kids were really nice. Um, and the kids' friends that were with them were also awesome. So, um, yeah, that's 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 a sad loss. She's been she's been in so many things, though. I mean, that that list yeah, barely scratches okay, the service. Yeah. I mean, if you look at her IMDb page, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, I basically just picked some genre stuff out. Like she's she's like barely in Jerry Maguire, but makes such a huge impact on that movie. Mm, yeah, uh, driving it forward. Yeah. from there. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I don't know how you'll feel about this one, Jeff, but I certainly put this in with you in mind. Of course, to celebrate the 35th anniversary of the release of Back to the Future. Uh, IDW Publishing will cross the time travel franchise over with Transformers for a four-issue limited series. I actually know about this already. Yeah? How, yeah. How do you feel about it? Um, <laughs> I, I, I remain cautiously optimistic. Oh, I'll put I like it that, that way. Wow. Uh, IDW Publishing has previously crossed over Transformers with G.I. Joe, Ghostbusters, and several other franchises under their banner. In this case, the crossover will focus on a totally new Transformer based on the DeLorean, uh, the same car that's used by, as the time machine in Back to yep. the Future. Quote, Marty McFly has just returned to his sweet home, Hill Valley, 1985, and everything's looking up. That is until Marty and his friend Doc Brown's time machine attracts the attention of the Decepticons, <laughs> reads the IDW description of the series. <laughs> Continuing that. Uh, with one small mistake, Marty finds himself thrust into the adventure to stop the Decepticon <laughs> plot in the past, present, and future, all with the help of a new time machine, the Autobot Gigawatt, unquote. In addition to appearing in the... What the hell's a Gigawatt? That's the name of a goddamn Autobot. Weren't you oh, listening? okay. Oh. In addition to appearing in the comic book limited series, Gigawatt will also receive his own Transformer action figure from Hasbro, available exclusively through Walmart.com, limited to 1,985 pieces. I already checked into it. It's already sold out. Yeah, the, the, that's the... That's, there's a special edition release that's limited to 1,000. That's the one that's the pre-order. There's a wider release coming out in October. Yes, the later re, uh, reissue no. through Hasbro Pulse is planned for October with a variant color scheme. So. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I tried to get in on the, the 1,000 and didn't get anywhere close. Wow. Um, yeah, they've done the um, uh, the Ecto-1 as a Transformer, which is really cool. My friend Darren has it. You know, everybody, Darren's been on the show. 
he loves it. He sent me pictures of it. This one is happening, and of course, I was definitely going to get that. I, so that was two already I was going to get. They also announced there's a Top Gun <laughs> F-14 Transformer coming up. Oh, um, God. And it comes, it comes with a volleyball. <laughs> it has interchangeable hands, <laughs> and it comes with a little volleyball. Okay, so because like a of course, mini- miniature volleyball well, it's, or a full-size it's, volleyball? For the, for the robot, it's a full-size volleyball. But it's, not it's a, a miniature. So no, the, not so the robot right. can play volleyball. Yes. Oh. You can grease them up and then do the oh. slow-mo volleyball Sp- game. Spray a little Pam on it or whatever. Make play, play volleyball. Play spray Pam on the bots. Pam, <laughs> come here. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the comic I'm not sure of, but the Transformer looks cool. I definitely want to get the Transformer. October then. Yep. I'm glad October. I didn't speak. When, because when you said one thousand nine hundred eighty-five, I was like, "Why the hell?" When why one thousand nine hundred eighty? Yeah, it's oh. it's it's a limited variant. I don't, and it's funny because I I looked at the pictures. I don't see what the difference is between the special edition variant and the don't and the, don't the ruin binaries. the market, Jeffrey. Don't ruin the market. But again, <laughs> I'm looking at pictures versus the actual in person. Supposedly, part of it is the packaging, though. Uh, well, the packaging for see, the special edition. That's is, that's how you do it, right? You just make the same thing and change the packaging. That's like when we when we eventually go to work for Spotify, <laughs> we'll change the packaging. <laughs> the content will remain exactly exactly as the as same. <laughs> just don't just don't tell them that, Jake. We'll we'll shave. Kirsten will grow a beard. Ah, <laughs> oh boy. It's so low maintenance, though. Woke. A Lamorne Morris, actor from New Girl Vehicle, based on the life of cartoonist Keith Knight, is a show blending racial commentary, live-action humor, and talking inanimate objects in the eight-episode first season. Uh, looking at the show's first footage shows off police brutality, racial profiling, and Keith, who wants to make his art and not be bothered by everything else. Uh, that doesn't stay the case for long. Uh, co-creators Knight and Marshall Todd, along with showrunner Jay Dyer, uh, look to address real issues in a larger-than-life comedy, uh, kind of described as what if Pee-wee's Playhouse said Black Lives Matter, uh, Woke hits Hulu on September 9th. Uh, hmm. After I saw the preview for it, I was won over. And it's, it's one of those shows that like, oh, I, maybe I'll just get Hulu for this. It's... It's got a real fun humor aspect to it, but obviously has a lot to say. And the whole talking inanimate objects thing really, really works. Nice. As this cartoonist seeing things come to life in his mind's eye. So if you haven't seen the preview for Woke, check it out. Uh, I I think it'll win you over too. Cool. Hmm. A San Diego Comic-Con rep announced that nearly all of the 300 to 400 virtual panels will be pre-recorded by studios and networks and submitted ahead of the event. The decision means no fan Q&As, though various distributors and shows have contacted their social media followers to solicit questions in advance. But that also means picking and choosing. Uh, The rep added that it's possible there will still be, quote, live elements to some programming, though what that means is not really known. Uh, in April, San Diego Comic-Con organizers made the decision to scrap this year's show due to the pandemic, pandemic, and the first cancellation in its over half-century history. 
Uh, weeks later, a virtual edition was announced that will enable fans to still participate from the comforts of their own homes. An official schedule has been released, so you can check that out online uh, for the July 23rd through the 26th event. Yeah, be 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 ready because the week app what? Go ahead. What, what Go you ahead. You, you start laughing? What what's going? Because on? I know you're going to make some goddamn joke. Go go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say, be ready because the immediate week following, Geek Shock will be releasing its virtual panel because it'll be our first appearance on a panel at uh, Gen Con, even though it's Gen Con virtual. And it'll also be pre recorded and there will be right. no live QA. No, be then it'll be pre screened. Right. Yeah. And it'll we'll probably record it on like the Monday after and then it'll <laughs> drop like the Wednesday or something after. So just That's right. just yeah. just just keep your eyes. Yeah. See? See Todd? Was that was 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 I making some kind of stupid joke or something? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm I'm not at all bothered by the fact that there's not a live Q and A because god damn, some of the questions that get asked at those panels. Just make me groan and put my head in my hands. It's it's not Comic Con, but I still remember. Remember the Spock versus Q. Yes, and remember this was a panel at Star Trek. The, the, no, this was at uh, Star Trek: The Experience. Oh, a special event. And uh, Leonard Nimoy and uh, Delancey, John Delancey yeah. showed up. Who played Q? Who played Q? Did a and Leonard Nimoy played Spock, and they did a. They did a uh, debate, a Spock versus Q debate for this uh, CD that they had put yes. out, and it was really funny because they did a they did a question and answer afterward. And the first question was to Leonard Nimoy, "Will you be directing the next Star Trek movie?" And he's like, "I don't want to get into that right now. Uh, you know, things talking about things pr beforehand are always a little chancy, and I I really don't have any comments, so I don't want to." And then next question. If there was going to be another Star Trek movie, would you be directing it? <laughs> and I shit you not, oh. I watched <laughs> Leonard Nimoy Every... explain how he was not going to answer that question like four or five times. Every... <laughs> it's amazing. Every fan thinks they can rephrase the same question. And it'll trick them. To, to, to trick them into getting it. It'd be great. It. He'll be like, yes. Oh, fuck. And oh, they don't shit. realize... He's been doing that shit for 50 years, and he knows how to skirt. It was so great, but it was just, I just yeah. sat there when the third one, yeah. when the third one asked Jeff, I was just like, are these fucking people deaf? I think I was like next to April and maybe uh, Federico, uh, Chad, Randall maybe, and, and we're all looking at each other like, what in the fuck is going on? It was amazing. <laughs> It's oh true. God. Or, or like when a question gets asked that the the actor or producer or director says, I don't want to get into that, blah, 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 blah. And it, it may not have anything to do with the production or sometimes it's a personal question. And then later on, somebody will ask not exactly the same question, but a, a question in that same vein. And then they have to repeat, again, I'm not going to address, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, and and everybody thinks they've got the perfect way to skirt around 
the Did the you system. sleep with so and so? No, I'm not going to answer that question. Next question. <laughs> if you had slept with so and so, would you have No, I'm not answering that yeah. question. If somebody walked up to you and said, "You slept with so and so," would you like hit him in rage and denial or would you like, you know, high-five him and say, "Betcha." Yeah, it's just it is fuck. Oh god. Interesting. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that fucking yeah. night. Interesting side note on the Spock versus Q. Um, the the CD that they put out uh, was it Pocketbooks? I think that put it out uh, was recorded at the Adams Mark Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri. I was at that presentation that they did the recording of, oh. and I didn't find that out until a couple years later when I was at Trek and I happened to be walking through the retail area and saw that they had it, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" I flipped it over to read the back and at the very bottom it says recorded on this date at adams mark hotel in kansas City, missouri i was like i was there <laughs> well shit so you needed to be cool. signing those too yeah yeah nobody wants my autograph oh <laughs> i do i do jeff fans of darren the bartender do yes <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way they'll remember my name is if i sign it <laughs> I love that you're so good-natured about it because it, I don't know, you know, dude, every time I hear, you know, April was the first actor hired at Star Trek The Experience, I want to strangle people because it was both of us. Yeah. We, first two people hired. And every time I hear that, I just like, Ugh! and April, God bless her, she's actually become very good at saying uh, one of the first two people when Kirsten and I were hired, blah, 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 and she'll talk about it. But other people will still quote her as that, and I just want to pinch their heads off. So, so the fact that you can laugh at this, <laughs> you go, you trooper. Well, so remember, and, and we still have the video from the, the closing where, uh, what's her name says, the first actor hired and the last person. Well, that, that I was okay with simply because... Because they made I, the caveat of it being the last? Well, uh, because I, I left. I left for oh, okay. five months. And they did say longest serving too. Exactly. So, that, that, okay, so yeah. I mean, because I was so, because I even brought that up to uh, uh, Lynn Sterling, who was part of the team that wrote that, and I was like, you know, you know, but I left for five months, so I I I can totally say that April April uh, warrants that, <clears throat> but it was it 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 did come up. Uh, two points to this oh, whole thing. Okay. Uh, first point. That's the third time Jeff's used the word caveat in this episode. And so, what have you been watching that has inspired the word caveat in your life? I've used that word frequently throughout <laughs> my life. Oh, oh, sure. But uh, on this show, really? Nope. I swear I've used it on here before. Oh, you've what? used it before, but not three times in one episode. Really, Jeff Harris? Is this Who true? Let us know. <laughs> What's the second? And the thing? other part. Remember that when you do, if you do meet Kirsten, just greet him as April's friend. Uh, <laughs> slap your fucking face I will it. Disney Plus has its next Star Wars series an animated follow up to the Clone Wars entitled The Bad Batch I just read about this executive it's, produced by Dave Filoni I was just like what the fuck batch batch of what Oh, you what know. the hell does this mean? Oh, the badge. That's that's the that's your crotch area. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's your man badge. Man, that's some bad <laughs> batch. You don't want to get all caught up in that shit. That'll get you. Especially not in this weather. Damn nation, <laughs> watch out, y'all. You know the I only was just only talking reason, about Shaft. The only. <laughs> <laughs> 
The only reason Man Batch is even in my head. <laughs> oh, real? Yes. Is let's hear it. Yes. I know why. Yes, <laughs> I was there. Yes. Oh, what? <laughs> Whoa! Tell them the Whoa. story. Whoa! Uh, when I met the guys from Mystery Science Theater, mm. uh, or more at this point, Rift Tracks. Yeah. Uh, Mike Nelson and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the guys, uh, when they were doing their autographs on thing, they would just start writing jokes on it that they were started just right there. And, and a then, lot of them were inside jokes too. Right. And then they just put uh, an arrow because I had a, what I had them autograph was their cover of their riff tracks for 300. Yep. The movie 300. And so it's Mike Nelson in the 300 outfit. And he's just got a, arrow pointing to the little like diaper area with a word that says man batch i think it was Kev- was it kevin murphy that did that <laughs> you're too? right it's yeah. kevin murphy's area on the, on oh the i thought kevin yeah. murphy did that to nelson so it's i've got it backwards nelson no i i okay. think kevin murphy did it to his own band batch. oh okay <laughs> man batch. i mean i haven't seen the poster for a while man but i thought batch. kevin murphy wrote that on there and then put the arrow to mike nelson's crotch right. <laughs> so yeah uh, so man batch yeah so see, I read that. Now, so, now, so the bad batch. Now you're going to have to take a picture of that poster and put it up on the lair so people know what we're talking about. Indeed, if I can goddamn find it. And, well, and it was on the refrigerator things, for a decade. It, it, <laughs> oh, the place is chaos <laughs> right now. If you can't, if you can't, just take a picture of your man batch. Perfect. And put it up there. Yes, that there that go. I can do. In fact, I think everybody should put their man batch up on the lair. I think just, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. How about no? <laughs> You crazy Dutch uh, bastard. <laughs> I like how Jeff is the one resisting this. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is the voice of reason right now. <laughs> More often than you know. <laughs> so, yes, the bad batch. Now that this show has forever changed, uh, the series will center on the eponymous squad of elite and experimental clones as they find their place in the rapidly changing galaxy in the aftermath of the Clone War. The Clone Wars ended its seventh and final season on Disney Plus back in May. Uh, genetically varied from their brethren in the General Clone Army, members of the Bad Batch, <laughs> quote, each possess a singular exceptional skill, mm. which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers yeah. and a formidable crew, says the press release. That's right. In the post-Clone War era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose, unquote. The Bad Batch is expected to arrive next year. Oh, man. Uh, before the next shower. That's some... You don't want to mess with the Bad Batch. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> you just watch yourself there. Are you okay, Jeff? Uh, just uh, you, 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 you went from I got a massive fart to ouch, this is really hurting me. Sciatic nerve. Yeah. I thought it was an itchy bad batch. So. <laughs> he was uh, scratching the wrong you side. Said Dave Filoni. Yeah, that's he's he's all over the place now. He's good on him. He's doing some quality work. Yeah, I'll definitely take it. Yep. Uh, well, we're just gonna stop news there. Rut row. Rut row indeed, because it is time for some red light, green light. Red light, green light, such a fun game to play, yeah, doesn't matter what you say, they're gonna make this shit anyway. Why is this happening? Uh, because it happens frequently. <laughs> it never ends. Wow. We, oh. just, we just get larger pauses in between each one. That's okay. It allows me to find a place in the show. It's good. <laughs> I can accept it. 
noise of pauses, whatever. I'll take it at this point. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, we have ourselves some more pitches here for TV shows. Pitches. We got to figure out if we're going to put a hard-earned money behind these things to make these things real. Oh, okay. Of course, things are going to be real either way. There's nothing we can really do about it. Usual disclaimer. Yeah, but it's uh, we got a nice big list here. Did you notice that Todd got two different characters in the show this week? Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, one of them was from Boston. <coughs> that wasn't a character. That That's was my Boston accent. accent. <laughs> no, oh, that was the bard. What? Nah, I, I don't accept any similarities. <laughs> any excuse you get to do the bard's voice. Really? <laughs> yeah, like you need an excuse to do the bard. What oh, is that all about? <laughs> We're bringing back all the favorites. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Who left the, the pot bay door open? Ah, why'd somebody do that? <laughs> Still my favorite of all time. Love Cosmic Ray. Cosmic I miss Cosmic Ray so much. And Robot in Jail. You don't miss Robot <laughs> in no Jail. One, no I'm, one misses I'm, Robot in Jail. Nobody misses Robot in Jail. I miss Robot in Jail quite a bit. That's not bad, actually. It's, yeah, I know. It kind of works. It's, it better, it's works. better than that goddamn what? toilet paper tube I was using before. Well, you know. I brought that tube special. <laughs> and I threw it away. Jail. Yes, I you did. I threw it away quickly. I even wrote on it, don't throw away. You did. You could make another one in 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh. There, I got two characters. I got three characters in. Ah, I win. Yeah, four if you count your goddamn self. Ooh. Oh, right. Oh, oh man. Oh. Yeah, well, as man. April's friend, you know. Oh, <laughs> you fucking... Oh, shit. Well, thanks for joining us for this last episode of Geek Shock. The second person hired at Star Trek Experience. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, here are the pitches, bitches. Here we go. A new TBS reality show about the video game The Sims 4 features the top Sims content creators battling it out called The Sims Sparked, that spark with an apostrophe D, the four-episode reality show features 12 contestants after a prize of $100,000. Contestants will build within the game and tell original stories with their created content. Hosted by Ray Von Owen, who was a finalist on American Idol, The Sims Sparked is an experiment in crossover multimedia. Filmed segments of people sitting at keyboards merge with in-game footage of creation, life, and death. The Sims Sparked premieres next week, July 17th. That's this week, wow, sir. We, we, don't have, we don't have a lot of time to decide, do we? No, we really don't. That's this Friday. That's this Friday, people. Well, That's why I had to get this one in fast. Uh, <laughs> red light. Yeah. Um, why on earth? Why? Uh for all of that, <laughs> where do I begin? Uh, not interested, really, in The Sims at all, ever. Haven't been. It just doesn't sound like an interesting game show. And a host I've never heard of. That's three big ones for me. But he won a American Idol. No, no, he was, he was a, a finalist. Oh, he was a I'm finalist. sorry. Well, yeah. That, oh, that's why Jeff didn't hear of him. You know, it's funny. I have I have seen that, that, that title used as like, American Idol contestant or America's Got Talent contestant. And I'm like, that doesn't say anything. There's literally thousands of those out there. You know, they don't even have to make, you may not have ever seen them on screen and they can still be calling themselves contestant. Sure. Yeah. They auditioned for God's sake. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm sticking red light. Green light. Green light. Really? Yeah. Because what do you like? What do you like here? Uh, I, I, I just don't care anymore. It's, the country's dying. He just wants to throw his money away. We're we're this is no. He wants to throw our money away. Yeah, we're gonna have to hire ourselves a new guy. We're we're going to hell. Andy, come back. And the, the we're going to hell. There's no hand basket. You know, it's just we've we've fallen down a well that is dry. So you're saying we're on a highway to hell? Uh, except it isn't paved. Oh. The bridge got washed out. It's just a rocky dirt road to hell. Uh, yeah, rocky road to hell. An, an old Colorado back road to hell <laughs> with loose rocks that'll send you careening off. Country into the road, abyss. take me home to the hell we all belong. Toonsis, take us out. Um, yeah, really. I just, you know, <laughs> reality shows, the sim. Actually, uh, let, let's get a reality <laughs> show involving video gaming. But God damn, I love the Toonsis Sims? the Driving Cat. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. He can't drink before we do a show anymore. <laughs> I didn't drink anything but iced tea. <laughs> I am caffeinated for your protection. <laughs> Jesus. That, that's, that's how I, I throw things out to distract Jeff for a little bit. I just, I, um, I just throw out a little Saturday Night Live reference yeah. from the well, late 80s, early 90s. We, we're good. We haven't had Kit the distracting cat the whole show. I know. So. He's, he's, he's living in the garage. Oh, wow. It's, dude, it's weird. It's, it's hot it's, in there. It's so it's, fucking hot in there. And he just he goes underneath the car like it matters, and then For lies the there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, what do you what do you do? And then he just lies there. Hmm. And then when he can come in, I leave the door ajar so I can hear him. And it's a it's a spring door the, to the garage, and it also has weather stripping. So I'll hear the the. You know, of the weather stripping when he pushes it over. That little bastard, I saw him one time. He pushes it full out with his paw. The thing opens like six inches. He could go through that door. He could push through it, but well, he won't. Why, well, why do that when he knows that you're going to open the door for him? Yes. He's got you wrapped yes. around his little finger. Yes, Jesus. His little paw. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, anyway. From day one, he's had you wrapped yeah, around I'm him. surprised. <laughs> We've been doing the... I go back... I've gone back a couple times to check on him, and he he's hanging in that garage, which, granted, it's not the sun, but it's still going to be a... a, a well, it was 100, 100 degrees in my something. garage yeah. today, and it was 115 outside. So. I wonder if he hates the air conditioning or something. Mm. I don't know. He's got enough fur. He's probably fine. I just, anyway. I've got enough fur. I'm feeling good. Uh, you, well, okay. your man batch yeah. is out of control. How'd you know? Uh, it's because it's out of control. Are you going to buy the lawnmower 2.0? Jesus Christ, that fucking thing is everywhere. Have you not seen this? These commercials, the the male the male grooming shit. Lawnmower two point. That's what they're calling it. Is it's the new male grooming kit that it's on, especially on people who are uh, sponsored on like YouTube and stuff. That's the that's the that's the, the new go to. Yeah. It's like I guess I haven't seen these people. The company yet. is called Manscaped, and it's like the, lawn, the new lawnmower 2.0. Blah 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 blah. Well, it was like it's, it's made so that it won't nick or cut you. I'm just like I don't fucking care. Skip, 
Skip, skip. <laughs> nope, you're still talking about it. You're a minute and a half into your com- own commercial. Skip, skip, skip. I uh, gotta pay the bills, Jeff. I, I, I think, guess so. I think clean we, your man batch. I think we've got uh, a sponsor for the <laughs> Torgo Craft. Hey, if 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 I can afford to get the fucking business license, we could probably get sponsored. See by what them I too. can do. <laughs> Is I could build a big man batch, but I could make that batch area just overgrown with like bushes yeah. and tree stuff. Mm-hmm. And then while I'm talking about the lawnmower 2.0, I could be just chopping down all that man batch. Careful, Jesus. because Barry will come in uh, when you're not looking and he'll set it up so you cut too much man batch, it'll blow up. Right? Well, <laughs> a man batch on fire, let's say it's not something I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there cutting away where are all the what are the, all these crabs coming from little crabs <laughs> falling out of the man batch uh, little pixelated crabs in minecraft we call them silverfish <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right so green light um, <laughs> yeah i mean you know i don't care uh, i mean uh red in my heart and Red, my, red in your heart, green yeah. on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <clears throat> it, wow. it's red everywhere. But you know, I just, I've given up. We're dying as a as a civilization. So well, let's tell him, Dom Pardo, what he didn't win. Let's yes. let's go out in a blaze of glory. All right. So I guess this comes down to me. I did watch the preview for it, so I could at least get a better feel for what this show is going to be. Okay. And it's from that preview that I wrote this out because really? there really wasn't much to say about it except that it was coming up. Uh huh. Um. I I will say they try very hard on creating these little passion well, passion plays. These little uh, emotional plays with using the tools of Sim 4, whether they're building the house around to create the things and then putting their their avatar people in the right place to get them to go do the things they need to do to tell stories. And that's kind of a neat thing because that doesn't seem like an easy thing to do within Sim 4. I played Sim 4 for the first time this last year. It was okay, uh, but it would not be an easy storytelling tool uh, and they're like given like two hours to do these things, these contestants. Mm. Uh, but I will say, I did not find the previews compelling enough to say, I need to watch this. Right. I almost feel like for the show, I should watch it just to give a report on it. So maybe I will. Uh, but uh, as far as throwing our money at it, I got to give it a red light. You know, I, I realize it's a cheap show to make. Come on, right? Lots of people sitting at computers. There Game shows typically are super well, cheap to and, make. And the the whole unscripted thing. Actually, I misheard you while you were saying that you played Sim Four, and suddenly I realized the reality show video game that will be great and make a lot of money. Civ Four. <laughs> Don't bring me back to that, please. There you go. I think just a whole bunch of little. It's calling your name. Tomorrow. Yep. Yep, computer addicts sitting there. I just got to play one more game. Today on Versus Sim 4, we have Master Torgo and nobody else because he won't stop goddamn playing We've it. got Master Torgo four, and... Four weeks after the show is over. And a fucking dead Korean in a cafe. <laughs> oh, green light. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you right now. There you go. All right, gentlemen, next one, red light, green light. David Farr is working on a television adaptation of the Midwitch Cuckoos 
for Sky Television. Dave Raiders working on right? a television thing? The Go first Dave thing, Raider. First thing that hit my brain. Lenny. Yeah. Uh, a 1957 sci-fi novel written by John Wyndham. Cuckoos inspired the 1960s Village of the Damned and John Carpenter's subsequent remake in 1995. Uh, here's the description if you're not familiar. After the night of September 26th, every woman of childbearing age becomes pregnant, all to give birth at the same time to children who are all alike, their eyes mesmerizing, void of emotion. These children are innately possessed with unimaginable mental powers and a formidable intelligence. It is, it is these children who develop into an unstoppable force capable of anything and far outreaching other humans in cunning. Whatever dwells in Midwich is sowing the seeds of a master race of ruthless and inhumane creatures who are bent on nothing less than absolute and total domination. The 60s film was a big hit for MGM. A sequel, Children of the Dam, followed in 1994, uh, 1964, but didn't quite reach the heights of its predecessor. Carpenter's version was a flop, bringing in less than $10 million at the box office against a $22 million budget. Oop. And to add insult to injury, the project was nominated for Worst Remake or Sequel at the Razzies. <gasps> Poor John. Uh, he's, he's fine. He did good things. Oh, um, okay. You can't win them all. So... Children of the Damned, the TV show, Red Light, Green Light. Yeah, why not? It's, it's been far enough since the last There attempt. you go. Why not, Green Light? You think there's enough story there to pull it out into a whole series? Depends on whether it's a full, like, multi-season series or, like, a limited, like, one-season series. What? what? And it doesn't say. What? It doesn't. No, right. It just says adaptation, so it could go either way. Creepy, yeah. manipulative kids who are just beyond control. I think for the most part, if you do keep it to like a limited series, like a few of these have done, it's it's enough of a story that you're like, oh, that's intriguing. But yeah. then you don't feel like they're trying to stretch it out into like a second, third, or fourth season. Have you gentlemen seen any version of Children of the Damned? Uh, I've seen the Carpenter one. I swear I've seen the 60s one, but I'm having trouble remembering it right How now. How is Children of the Corn different? Very. Oh. Yeah. God, they are... <laughs> Apples and uh, so and so, iron ingots. So it's just like a, a weird uh, serendipity about the title. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, if I've seen Village of the Damned or Children of the Damned, it was it didn't stick. It it was when I was really young, and it'd be like that time traveling thing I told you about, where I didn't even think of it for four decades, uh, and then I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, holy shit! It's this movie, absolutely. Yeah. And also, uh, you got in X Men. Some uh, protégés of Emma Frost, uh, psychic blonde girls, and they're they're called the Stepford Stepford Cuckoos. Oh, that makes sense. And and that's what uh, part of this is in reference to. And uh, yeah, come on, you know, it's just like you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty, and those kids get into high school, and it just you know. Can you imagine being in high school and everybody can read everybody's mind? Going back to the email from earlier, <laughs> the thing that you can do for Kirsten is find him a girlfriend. <laughs> girlfriend is too strong a word. <laughs> Temporary lover. <laughs> uh, sure. Sex toy? I don't know. What? Wow. wow. <laughs> now, that, Jeff, that's just I dehumanizing. I was talking about a person when I said sex toy. That's just I was literally talking about a literal sex toy. <laughs> Don't don't give Jeff any ideas. He'll Fleshlight. start he'll start a GoFundMe 
and then six months down the Send road, Kristen a flashlight. I'll have a, <laughs> a I'll have a real doll <laughs> crate dropped at my door. Oh, I'm there you go. Private dancer, and and and, and, and you know, and if somebody were to do that, and like they would get the green skin version, Kirsten for like and a, the real a doll, Ryan, and Orion. Yeah, <laughs> there's your movie. Yeah, I <laughs> I will light. I will give I will give Ryan Gosling a run for his money, man. <laughs> He will. He will not know what hit him. Wow, that's right. That was that was a hell of a movie. <laughs> was it? Oh my god, his performance, dude. I I heard. I just couldn't bring myself to watch dude, it. it. It just, is weird. It is weird. But it is it just not seemed too weird. It is not. It is not graphic. I, okay. I was also afraid it was going to be like too misogynistic, and I, apparently no. I, I've heard it's not. No, since then. no. Okay. It it what what. Gosling's performance is just absolutely mind-boggling, but also the whole town's reaction to this whole thing is is interesting because it's very much one of those small town oh we have an eccentric member yeah. type reactions and it's not a misogynistic thing because it's not about it's not about him um, him basically having sex with a thing. It's it's and it levels be above and beyond uh, all of that. So it's really, but it was really funny because I just stumbled across it. I was channel hopping, stumbled across it, and and uh, then I just watched it, and it was astounding. It really is astounding. So if you do get a chance to watch it, watch the movie because it's not what you think it's and going to be. what's the name of the movie again? Lars and the Real Doll. Huh. <clears throat> or The Real Girl, right? Is it Real Girl? I think yeah, it's Real Yeah, because Real Doll is actually yeah, yeah, a real thing. Trademark. Lars and the Real Girl. And it is, it, it, it's, yeah. Um, Gosling so, just is, he's, He's, he's good in almost everything I've seen him he's, in. Um, it's really funny when you think about his pedigree. When yeah. I see that picture of him with the other Mouseketeers, right. it's just like, I mean, you've got incredible singers and dancers, musicians, future pop stars. But you look at Gosling and you're just like, this, I, this is a guy who can really, really fucking act. I really liked his performance in Blade Runner 2042. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely loved his performance in The Nice Guys. Right. I just, he plays that kind of smarmy detective but also you know the single father trying to do the best he sure, can yeah. he just played it so well it's like right. the guy that wants to be a tough guy but knows he isn't yeah. and as hard as he tries he just can't do it mm-hmm. so yeah anyway so anyway children yeah. of the cuckoos the the the, the, so the green light from the, the reality tv show definitely not where they're in high school certainly not and and uh what if they, they do they, if they get in the more seasons then we're going to high school they'll, they'll go into high okay they'll go into a fucking performance high school will that make you happy no because i saw it roswell it didn't, <laughs> didn't work out that way either um so jeff has gone on out for green light but only if it's remains a only if it's done well limited series uh, <laughs> well, you know that, what I'm, I'm not gonna say it has to be a limited series i'm just saying i hope it would be because i think you could tell a story in 10 episodes versus trying to stretch it out to 30, 40, et cetera, how many seasons they would go. I think I have to jump on board with that caveat as well. See, I'm learning from Jeff. Uh, Holy crap. Right. And and that is, if they keep it to just tell the story 
of Children of the Corn, but in maybe in an extended format like 10, 12 episodes. You mean Village of the Damned, That's, yeah. That's what I said. Kirsten, Kirsten's That's got you on God. the Children of the Corn You thing. know what? April's friend is driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> now I want to do a movie, Village of the Corn. <laughs> I think they and did have it literally it. just be a village of corn. Yeah. And it's like or, what is yeah. village yeah. of the damned corn. Yeah, <laughs> village of the corn coming soon to the uh, the Wright County Fair. Um, <laughs> village of the damned corn. Children of the village of the damned corn. <laughs> All right. So there's a green yeah. light on this one, but with some hopes about it. Some hopes yeah. that it doesn't go to uh, stretch it. Out and that and story. hopes that it gets dirty. <laughs> oh, Jesus dirty. Christ. <laughs> All right, we got time for one more. Hey, I'm not talk. I'm talking high school seniors, okay? As soon as they hit 18, I'm not talking underage. Let's not get lascivious about this. Wow. All right. Talk about putting in the caveats. He's, yeah, he, he's all pent up and shit over there. Well, I, I, what I'm. This is a disclaimer, so that Spotify <laughs> might eventually pay us one day. <laughs> if we're Not lucky. for this episode. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Red light, green light. Some of us need more Ozzy Osbourne in our lives, but not like this. Not like this. Jack, uh, Jack Osborne, uh-huh. is determined to make his parents, Ozzy and Sharon, paranormal believers. Dim the lights and settle in for fun, scares and unfiltered humor in Travel Channel's new series, The Osbournes Want to Believe. Red light. They might be known as the first family of darkness, but when it comes to the paranormal, Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne are borderline skeptics. Determined to turn them fully to the other side, Jack reunites with Ozzy and Sharon to share the craziest, most jaw-dropping videos of supernatural activity ever caught on camera. But the question still remains if the prince and princess of darkness will be able to see the light when it comes to the paranormal or if they think it's just another ride on the crazy train. During each hour-long episode, Jack will reveal a series of mind-blowing paranormal clips from the great beyond for his parents, Ozzy and Sharon. In the series premiere, Jack Osborne shares video footage of poltergeists, haunted dolls, UFOs, and unidentifiable beasts that leave Sharon and Ozzy and their dogs barking at the moon. Their outrageously funny reactions include Sharon. Sharon's love for Harry and the Hendersons, Ozzy's historical digression on Greeks, Romans, and the Berserkers, and a copious amount of swearing. Another day for the first family of darkness. Gentlemen. <laughs> I want to find whoever wrote that press release and smack them silly. Wow. This, this is direct from the Travel Channel website. I know. That's why I said I want to wow. find the, the person who wrote that press release. I didn't know they were still married. I thought yeah. they divorced. No. They, Jack divorced, I guess. I, 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 Kirsten, no, I heard. I thought that too, but uh, here it is. Um, but so it's, it's called The Osbournes Want to Believe. Red Light. Do you even Green have light. to ask? Do you even have to ask? <laughs> Not like this. Yeah. My God. There, there, there's a perverse train wreck. Crazy train wreck. Aspect that I kind of, I kind of, you, you, you just want to see that one moment where Ozzy's like, 
my boy. You know, or something. You know what? I will say the Osbournes as a family on camera can be extremely entertaining. Yes. It does have that going for it, especially when they're in argument mode, which is what this is about. So, I run a red light this so hard. Uh, I, I'm already red lighting it. But I'm not sure I am. <laughs> well, well, I have. So, alone, fortunately, we, we're good. Just because I love Ozzy's... How did you put it, Kirsten? absolutely that's i love ozzy ozzy when he's in that mode my goodness so and i i find him very entertaining i actually bought the osbournes on dvd (laughs) he doesn't really do that much anymore you are the audience this is being made for (laughs) oh god yeah um but I, I I hate the paranormal shows. I hate the is, is this real? Did this happen? Uh, there's video footage. Okay, like that means anything anymore in the age of easy to make special effects. Yep. <sighs> but I do find the Osbournes entertaining. But I'm still gonna red light it because we yeah. have plenty of shows like this. I, I watched a couple episodes of the the one with him and um, and Jack doing like road trips in an rv was that him and jack i thought it was jack and somebody else no it was it was ozzy and jack and uh i found those entertaining they're entertaining Um, and 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 informational as well like one of them they actually went down to louisiana and learned how tabasco sauce is made and it's a lot more involved than you think because people think oh it's red pepper and vinegar and Ah, salt it's like huge aging yeah you age that shit for like they pop the top off and they're like no don't get too close because it will overwhelm you and they're like wafting a little bit and like oh my god this is powerful but yeah um stuff like that uh but i no, yeah just no no. <laughs> How's Red your light. man batch? Write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Man Batch. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. But only for 18 plus. Let's just. <laughs> you, oh, yeah, but just make sure that's, that's out there. Just, you know, I want the lawyers <laughs> to make just, sure. I'm going to see Kirsten. I'm just going to need to see some ID real quick, please. Yeah. It's like the intro to those. That'll pour Not a bad, not a bad idea. Go. There you go. I think from now on at conventions, when I introduce myself, it'll be photo ID or no photo. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. No signature. Nothing. Now I'm going to give you my hand and I'm going to let you put it where you want it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kirsten. That's Kirsten's new. I, that's I, Kirsten's new instruction. I, I'm right gonna. There. I'm. I'm doing that. I'm doing. I'm gonna have a sign. That's <laughs> where you. Yeah. Want. Uh, here's my hand. You put it where, where you want it. Where you're comfortable. <laughs> yes. I like that. I don't think the people you do that to will like that. <laughs> but I like that. It. It. You're in the clear. Yeah. You're. You're totally in the clear. That's yeah. You're in the clear as of people clearing the way away, <laughs> away from you. And uh, yeah, come on, you know it's just like you know maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty. And uh, yeah, come on, you know it's just like you know maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty. And uh, yeah, come on, you know it's just like you know maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty. And uh, yeah, come on, you know it's just like you know maybe they'll maybe they'll get 
dirty. And uh, yeah, come on, you know, it's just like you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty. And uh, yeah, come on, you know, it's just like you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty. And uh, yeah, come on, you know, it's just like you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll get dirty. But I, no, yeah, just no, <laughs> no.